Thank you for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church. To find out more about The Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. about that as well. And uh, listen, I just want to say hello to all of you that are here in the room right now and also to all of you that are tuning in online. You, you may not be watching this in the moment, but tomorrow morning at 10 a.m., hello to you. We're excited that you're tuned in. For those of you that are here, we're filming our service for our online service. And um, I'm just excited about what God wants to do in this room. And um, I just want to acknowledge all of the faces that I see. I see some faces I haven't seen in a while, and I am so excited about that. I've got some new friends in the room, some new friends from the wild, wild west in Florida. It's not really the west, but it feels like it right now, right? And uh, they're out here visiting, and I'm so excited. And, uh, you know, Pastor Kerry said this, but if you're new with us at the Movement Church, uh, we're, we're excited to get to know you a little bit better, and you need to know who we are as a church. And at the Movement Church, we exist to lead people to Jesus and connect people to mission. That's, that's the reason we're here, to lead people to Jesus and to connect people to mission. And, and I just think it's crucial that you know that as you're here with us, because we are not a country club for Christians. So we're not like a kick back and relax. Listen, we're a, a movement, an army of people on a mission to help people find Jesus. I don't know about you, but I know some people who need the hope that's found in Jesus. And I think you do too. And so I just want to challenge you, if, if you've been coming to the Movement Church for a little while, if you've been checking it out, I, I just want to encourage you, hey, invite your friends. Invite your friends to come with you and join us at church because I know that you know some people who need to encounter the life-changing presence of Jesus. I know they do. They need a moment just like a moment that you've probably experienced before. So invite your friends to church. And listen, if you're here and you're not on the dream team yet, listen, part of why we exist is to connect people to mission. And you've never lived until you've been part of a group of people using their life to make a difference. I'm telling you, you haven't. And so maybe you're just now jumping back in and re-engaging with in-person church. And maybe you're online and you're going, well, how do I do that? We've got a place for you too. I'm just telling you, jump in. Be a part of the movement. Help us with this. Hey, I love Julissa's story. I don't know if you got to meet Julissa when you were walking in. I didn't even tell her I was going to talk about her. But... I love her story. She and Art are leading our guest experience team at this campus right now. And, and when I asked her what compelled her to do that, she said, Megan, you know my story. Years ago, she was diagnosed with breast cancer and, and really just wasn't sure where she stood with her faith and, and where she was with God. And, and she was just struggling through the healing process. And her husband, Art, came to visit the Movement Church. And when he came to visit, when he came out, People met him immediately. They greeted him. They made him feel welcome. They made him feel included. They found out about what was going on with Julissa, and they said, hey, we're going to be praying for her healing. And so several months later, when Julissa decided to come and, and join the Movement Church, 
She walked into a group of friends that were just waiting for her. They knew her name, they knew her story, they'd been praying for her, and she said to me, she said, how could I not help create that moment for somebody else? And I thought, gosh, that's how we should all be living our lives, right? To make a difference in somebody else's life. So listen, if you call the Movement Church home, join us in the journey. We're existing to lead people to Jesus, bring the friends to church, and to connect people to mission. Amen? Amen. Amen. Hey, we're going to dive into week four of PTSD. And if you haven't been with us for the other, the other sermons that my husband has preached, I'm telling you, you've got to go back and listen online because it has been a game changer. It really has. And and I, I get to be here again closing down another series and uh, seems to be the track we're running on this year. Um, but I'm excited and I feel like God has a word for us. And so can I just off script for just a moment, encourage you, if you're in the room, would you do everything you can for the next few minutes to just set the distractions aside? Like whatever's on your mind, whatever you're, you're thinking about, could you just like set it aside for right now? If you're online, could you just... Silence all the other noise that's going on in your home, and, and just for a moment, for the next 30 minutes, just lean in and say, God, what do you want to say to me today? Because I honestly believe God has something in store for you. It's why you're here. It's why you're online. And you know, as we go into this, Pastor Kerry's been so great to acknowledge that the title of our series, PTSD, is in no means um, an attempt to make light of post-traumatic stress disorder. Listen, we understand that's a real and a heavy thing. And trauma is, uh, it's heavy and, and real. And there's a difference between big T trauma and little t trauma. Big T trauma is a highly distressing event. Uh, actual or threatened violent death, serious injury or accidents, or sexual violence, and listen, you may be in the room and may have experienced something like that, and, and I am at no means making light of that. Little t trauma can feel like trauma. It's a, that highly distressing event uh, that just kind of just leaves you with the after effects of anxiety and maybe feelings of depression. And, and so we're talking today about how to navigate some of that. You know, in the wake of this past year, this past year and a half, I think that all of us have been faced with some challenges, some out-of-control circumstances that we just have been left kind of shaken. And maybe you're in the room or online and you feel like you've just been dealing with feelings of depression and it makes sense. Like the loss, the grief, the things that you've had to navigate in this last year and a half with what we know about alone is a lot. And maybe you have some other things going on in your life and in your story. And, and so I just believe that how we respond actually really does matter. So PTSD is post-traumatic strength development. That's what we're talking about in this series. We're talking about how to win the war in our mind so that we don't just survive, but we actually learn how to thrive in this world that God's called us to. Amen? So our theme verse, and then I'm going to pray for us, is found in the book of Philippians. You've heard Pastor Kerry read this to you each week. It's found in the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verse 13 through 14. And listen to me, Movement Church, this is God's heart for you. 
And this is Paul talking, but he's sharing God's heart for you. He's talking about how do we move in the direction that God has for us. And he says this, one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of Christ Jesus. Forgetting what lies behind, I press on to what lies ahead. Hey, listen to me. God has some good things in store for you. The best days of your life are still yet to come. You have not experienced them yet. God has some good things ahead of you. And I just want to talk about how to win the war in our minds so we can experience the fullness of what God has. Amen? Can I pray for us? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? Jesus, I just thank you for what you want to do in this room. God, you're here. God, I, I know it's not by accident that any person is here, that any individual is tuned in online. God, you have a word specifically for us. And God, I thank you, God, that you desire for us to walk in freedom. So God, for every person who's been struggling with anxiety and depression and suicidal thoughts, feelings of being overwhelmed or just exhausted, God, I pray that today, God, you would give us some tools, some steps that we can take to live the life you've created us for. God, I pray that every one of us would lean in and God, encounter your presence in such a real way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Amen. Hey, how many of you have actually heard some of the messages of PTSD? A handful of you? Okay, good. Because I'm telling you, I have listened back to them several times, and, and Pastor Kerry has unpacked so much wisdom for us. It's been amazing. And, uh, and I just want to challenge you that these messages cannot be just a one-time fix. It's not like, oh, come to church, hear a good message, feel good about it, like that was awesome, and then expect my life to change. No. Okay, there's a saying that says, practice makes perfect. Have you ever heard that? Practice makes perfect. And so we've got to take the things that we're learning in this series and actually put it into practice. Have any of you ever played organized sports? Anybody ever been in a band or played an instrument? Okay, or a show or anything like that? A handful of you. I, maybe you had a coach or a teacher that told you you're going to play like you practice. You're going to play like you practice. And my daughter, Avery, she's in a, a musical at school, and she actually has the lead role. I'm really proud of her. And so she's really excited about this part that she gets to play. But a couple weeks ago, she said to me, Mom, I just don't feel like going to practice. And I was like, I get it. Like, sometimes you're not going to feel like going to practice, but we play like we practice, right? So as I talk tonight, and I talk about some of the steps, some of the things that we can apply to our thought process and our mindset, I just want to challenge you, you're going to have to put it to practice. That means you've got to do something with all the things we're learning. So let's just review really quick some of the things that Pastor Kerry has taught us. He's been talking about the fact in week one, we said we have got to learn how to replace the lie that we've been telling ourselves with the truth of God's word. We gotta learn how to replace the lie. Listen, all of us have a lie. Every single one of us has a lie that we've been believing. Whether it's about ourselves, 
or about the world that we live in, about our relationship, about our finances. Every single one of us has a lie that we've been believing. And the first step is we've got to replace the lie with the truth of God's word, which means that you've got to know what God's word says about that. So you've got to start digging in to find that out. And, and the thing about this is, and, and Pastor Kerry unpacked this so well, we all have ruts that we fall into. Ruts are the things that we've unintentionally developed. Pathways, mental pathways of thinking that they've just become that over time. And so in order to replace the lie with the truth of God's word, we've got to not just fall into the same old rut of thinking, we're going to have to actually dig some truth trenches. So if you heard that message about digging some truth trenches, what we talked about is the fact that we've got to intentionally create a new mental pathway. And so Pastor Kerry said, hey, for all those lies you're believing, write a truth trench. So we've got to write it, think it, confess it until we believe it. So I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but how many of you have actually done that? Don't, don't, oh, Pastor Kerry, I told you, you didn't have to raise your hand. I know, I know some of you have, but I just want to challenge us. We've got to put into practice the things that we've been learning because a lie believed as truth will affect our lives as if it is truth. We got to dig those truth trenches. Philippians 4 9 says, The things you've learned, received, and heard in me, put these things to practice, and the God of peace will be with you. I love that. Anybody want some more peace in their life? I do. The God of peace will be with you. You know, last week, Pastor Kerry had a bunch of frames up here on the stage and talked about the frames that we look through, our view of life. And the frames we look through create the picture we see. You know, there's a story about a farmer. And this farmer, he lived on a mountaintop in the middle of the mountain between two villages. And one day, a traveler was traveling from the top of the mountain and came across the farmer. And he said to the farmer, sir, what do you know about the village at the bottom of the mountain? Are the people there kind? Are they friendly? Are they welcoming? Are they going to be inclusive to me? And the farmer said, well, tell me what your experience was like on the top of the mountain. And the man said, oh, it was terrible. It was awful. People were so unkind. Everyone seemed like they had their own cliques and they would never include me and I always felt like I was the odd man out and I felt like people were just rude and talking about me and the farmer said, oh sir, I'm so sorry. I'm afraid that that's the same thing that you'll find in the village at the bottom of the mountain. A few hours passed and another traveler was making his way from the top of the mountain down and he ran across this farmer and he said to the farmer, sir, I'm on my way to the village at the bottom of the valley and I'm just wondering what kind of people will I find there? And the farmer said, well, tell me, what was your experience with the people at the top of the mountain? And the man said, oh, the best years of my life have been spent at the top of the mountain. The people were were my friends, but they were more than friends. They were like family. They were kind and inclusive and welcoming, and any time a new guest would come, they would open their arms wide and spread a table of hospitality, and the farmer smiled and said, I'm sure that's what you will find at the bottom of the mountain. The story here is, you get what you're looking for. So Pastor Kerry so eloquently talked to us about reframing, 
about choosing the lenses in which we view the situations that we're facing. And so today I want to give you three more muscles that you can flex to help change the thought process in your mind. And the first one is this, it's pre-frame. Everybody say pre-frame. So like reframing is saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to no longer look through the frame of negativity. I'm going to choose to look through a frame of positivity today. Reframing is that pre-framing is saying, hey, this is what's in front of me, and I'm going to choose to believe that this is going to be awesome. It's going to be the best thing I've ever experienced. Now, how many of you might struggle a little bit with that? You don't have to raise your hand if you don't want to. Listen, we're going to find what we're looking for. And so the way we look at our future actually matters. Now, it doesn't mean that we ignore our circumstances or try to pretend that something doesn't exist or ignore challenges. It just means we've got to learn how to frame what our future looks like. You know, my daughter, Brooklyn, I didn't tell her I was telling this story. She just had to go back to school for four days a week, and she was really in a rut and a rhythm of doing some school at home. And I'll never forget the day that she was going back, and she said to me, and I'm sorry, babe, I'm fully throwing you under the bus right now. She said to me, this is going to be awful. Like, how am I even going to do my homework? Like, she'd forgotten how to go to school full time. She said, when am I going to do my homework? How is this even going to work? I, I, I don't know anybody. I'm not going to be able to talk to anybody. Everybody's wearing masks. And I'm like, yeah, if you think like that, that's probably the experience that you're going to have. No, babe. You've got to look at your future and go, today's going to be the best day I've had all year. In fact, I'm going to meet some people I've never met before. And when I meet the people I've never met before, I may make the best friends that I never knew existed. You got to begin to frame your future. I did the same thing to my daughter Avery who was studying for a science test and she's like, I'm terrible at science, I stink at science, I hate science, and I was like, oh, hold up a minute. You got the mind of Christ. God has given you the mind of Christ. You are going to be awesome at science today because you are awesome. And it may not be your favorite subject, but you're going to take that test and you're going to do a great job. You know why? Because you studied for it and you prepared for it. And God's going to bring everything to your memory. Do you see the difference? We've got to begin to pre-frame, to look into our future and to speak some faith into our future. You know, David did this pretty well in the book of Psalms, if you've ever read that. In fact, if you read it, you might be able to identify with David a little bit because he tells the truth about where he's at. He doesn't just ignore problems. He's like, my life is terrible right now. In fact, I want to drown in a bed of my tears. He, he really puts it all out there, all of his feelings for a minute. He, he acknowledges what he's walking through. But do you know what David always does? You cannot find something different. He always comes back and rehearses his trust in God. Always. He may be sharing about all of his woes and what he's walking through that's so challenging, but he always comes back and he says, but God, I will trust you. But God, you will save me. But God, you are in control of my future. We gotta begin to pre-frame our future. Amen? Listen, I don't know what you've been worrying about. I know we all worry. Every one of us has the triggers, the things that cause us to worry. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe worrying all the moms in the room about your kids. 
how they're doing in school. Maybe it's the friendships that they have. Maybe for some of you, it's your grown children and, and you're worried about what their future is going to look like. And you find yourself ruminating on the thoughts that I, I just, I want them to be okay. And I just want to challenge you to pre-frame a little bit. To go, this is my child. I've raised them up well. The Bible tells me to raise up a child in the way they should go, and when they are old, they will not depart from it. And I'm going to speak in faith that my child is going to follow you, God, all the days of their life. They're going to walk in favor. They're going to walk in blessing. They're going to be the smartest, the strongest, the wisest. Why? Because, God, you made them. It's to pre-frame a little bit those things that we tend to worry about. Maybe it's your finances. I don't know about you, but this tends to be a, a worry point for a lot of people. Maybe, maybe you tend to worry about your finances. How am I going to pay my bills? How am I going to handle the, the flat tire that I just had? I can't, I can't even afford to replace that. And you just worry and worry and worry about your finances. And maybe you need to begin to pre-frame a little bit your future and begin to say, no, God, you are Jehovah Jireh. You are my provider. You are taking care of me. You know every need before I have it. In fact, God, you taught me in your word how to use the wisdom of budgeting and the faithfulness of tithing, returning the first 10% of my income back to the house of God because it's not mine, it's his. And when I apply the faithfulness of tithing and the wisdom of budgeting, I will not know lack because God, you cannot go back on your word. We got to pre-frame our future people. We got to pre-frame God wants to do some big things in your life, but the way we think about it actually matters. Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe for you, you feel like the relationship has died. And to pre-frame, you need to begin to say, God, I don't feel like there's hope for this. But everything I read in your word says you are in the business of bringing dead things back to life. You are a resurrecting God. In the places that feel void and I feel alone and I feel like there's no hope, God, you are our hope. You will redeem this. It's beginning to speak in faith things that we do not see yet. Listen, the Bible says the tongue has the power of life and death and those who love, love it will eat its fruit. Listen, we have got to watch what we say. And I'm just challenging you, church. It's time to pre-frame. It's time to pre-frame our future. You know, we all have these mental pathways that we get stuck in, but you don't have to stay there. You don't have to stay there. We actually can choose the way that we think. You know that you're made up of body, soul, and spirit. Body, soul, and spirit. The soul is our mind. It's our ability to choose. The brain is just a part of our body, and it's controlled by the mind. So brain activity reflects mind activity. And listen to me, church. You will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. You will always move in the direction of your strongest thoughts. So it matters what we think. And we have the ability to change the way that we think. I mean, God designed us so miraculously. Our brains are neuroplastic, which means that they have the ability to change. When we think, we choose. And when we choose, we're building thoughts inside of our brains. In fact, these thoughts on a brain scan, they look like trees. They look like trees with all of these little branches and they're changing constantly. And every thought has an emotion that is attached to it. 
And the emotion shows up, shows up on a brain scan like little drops of water on a leaf on a tree branch. It shows up in our bodies in the form of chemicals, and that's why, listen guys, how we think actually matters. You know, there's varying statistics, but I've, I've read them between 75 to 98% of illnesses are a direct result of our thought life. So how we think matters, and we get to choose. We get to choose. I love this scripture. We've been going through this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 through 7. It says this, don't be anxious about anything. Look at your neighbor and say anything. Look at your other neighbor and say anything. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication. That means petition. With thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace of God. I don't know about you, but I need the peace of God. And this is some direction for us. Don't be anxious. Don't worry. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And it goes on. Finally, brothers and sisters, all of you in the room, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there's anything, hey guys, if there's anything that is worthy of praise, think about those things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice. Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. Are you getting the pattern here? We got to put these things to practice. It takes some work. Have you ever tried to lose weight with a diet pill? Anybody? How'd it work for you? Not very well. Because anything that is going to produce change is going to require some work. It's going to require some discipline. It's going to require some effort. And the Bible gives us this scripture to help us know what to do. I love that it says don't be anxious. Because all of us are guilty of this. Don't be anxious about anything but in everything. By prayer and petition. With thanksgiving present your request to God I love that scripture because it reminds us the second thing I want you to get today is to pray to pray prayer changes things so we've got to pre-frame but we've got to pray you see prayer is recognizing God's presence if I'm praying it's because I recognize that God is near He's with me. If I stop recognizing God's presence, I'll fail to pray because I don't recognize that he's near. Listen, if it's big enough for you to worry about, it's big enough for you to pray about. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. I'm telling you, if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So it's time to go to him with that. Maybe you're in a place where you've started to experience some just runaway negative thoughts. It's just constantly, you're just telling yourself the worst case scenario. Maybe, maybe you're here and you're worried about an upcoming doctor's appointment or, or you don't know what decision to make next. You don't know what school that you're going to go to. I don't know if you're a student, you don't know what the, the next test is going to hold for you. 
Maybe you're concerned about your, your kids or you feel like you're never going to find the person you want to marry. I don't know what the situation is, but if it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. So what can we do? We can pray. We can pray. This is simply talking to God. So many people ask me, how do I pray? Hey, listen, you pray like you talk. You can talk to God any way you want to. He can handle it. God is a relational God, and he loves you. And he loves you exactly like you are. He loves you like I love my kids. And do you know my kids talk to me differently? Brooklyn has a certain way of asking for things when she wants them, and she knows how to be precise. She knows how to send it in a text and how to ask it in the right way to where it's not too aggressive, but it's also not too passive. And she knows how to present her requests to her parents. Avery has a way of asking for things as well. Avery will ask and ask and ask and keep asking and start singing her asking and sneak a note under the door asking. Like, my kids have different ways of asking. And listen, God wants you to come to him like he's your father. You don't have to do it in the right way. You don't have to say the right words or use some kind of King James English. Like, you just talk to God like you would talk to a parent. Avery has a tendency to ask for Chipotle every day. I'm not kidding, guys. She loves Chipotle more than she loves me. And it's Mother's Day. She should love me more today. She loves Chipotle. Sometimes she gets in the car after school, and she'll get in the car, and she'll just whisper in my ear, Chipotle. <laughs> I mean, seriously. And every once in a while, I just give in because she's so persistent. <laughs> so whatever your method is, However you want to talk to God, my challenge to you is just talk to him. You can write your prayers. I used to write carry letters when I didn't know how to talk to him about conflict. I'm serious. I was that passive about it. I would write him letters and I would tell him how I was feeling and what I was thinking because I didn't want to engage in the conflict. But you know what? It worked. He heard what I had to say. So maybe for some of you, you just need to start writing down your prayers to God. You don't, you don't know how to say it. You don't know, you, you get nervous about praying out loud, but maybe you just need to start writing it down. Some of you are aggressive, and you just need to yell a little bit about it and talk to God. Just let him hear you just with all your might. Some of you sing. Sing your prayers. Whatever you want to do, talk to God. Prayer changes things. Prayer can remove panic and replace it with peace. It changes things. Hey, listen to me, Movement Church, and all of you online. Prayer changes you. You know, there's a doctor. His name is Dr. Andrew Newberg. He's the director of research at Thomas Jefferson Hospital and Medical College in Pennsylvania, and he says this. Prayer is like a physical workout for the brain. Prayer is like a physical workout for the brain. So you know how you lift weights to get some muscles? you got to begin to pray and talk to God to develop the muscles in your mind because you get to choose. You get to choose. Dr. Caroline Leaf, her title is this. Are you ready for it? A communication pathologist and cognitive neuroscientist with a master's and PhD in communication pathology and a BSc in logopaetics specializing in cognitive and metacognitive neuropsychology. I don't even know if I know what that means. 
But she's one smart lady who studies the brain. And do you know what she says? She says 12 minutes of daily focused prayer over eight weeks can actually change the brain visibly on a brain scan. You want to talk about the thought pathways that you're carving in your mind? Do you want to shift the pattern of anxiety or depression, the negative thinking, the areas of pride like Pastor Kerry talked about? 12 minutes of daily focused prayer can actually change the brain visibly. We got to preframe, we got to pray. If it's big enough to worry about, it's big enough to pray about. Listen, I'm going to pause here in the message and we're coming to a close, but I just want to acknowledge that maybe there's some of you in the room or maybe you're tuned in online and you struggle with this idea of prayer. And maybe you struggle with the idea of prayer because you struggle with the idea of God. Maybe you've been wrestling with your faith. You don't really know where you stand with God. In fact, to hear about God as a father just seems a little strange to you because you've never really experienced that. And I just want to pause in the message and say, that may be the reason you're in the room. That may be the reason that you're tuned in online. Because you have a father in heaven who loves you. He chose you. He's got good plans for you. He wants relationship with you, and the Bible tells us that he made a way for that by sending his son Jesus. And maybe you've never made a decision to give your heart to God, to say, I'm going to choose to follow Jesus with my life. And if you never have, I, I think that's why you're here, because you've got to start there. <laughs> When you start there and you engage in a relationship, then you learn what it is to talk to someone. And you begin to recognize that it's like having a father who really truly does love you and want the best for you. And so if you're here and you've been wrestling with your faith, if you're online and you've been wrestling with your faith, I just believe today's the day to start a relationship. And I'm going to pause the service and, and give you a moment to do just that. And maybe you're here and you've been running from God. I don't know why, but maybe you've been angry. Maybe you've been wounded or hurt. And I just want to remind you, you have a good father who loves you, and wants relationship with you, and it's time to come back. So with everybody in the room and online, just bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment. Nobody looking around. If you're here, if you are tuned in online and today you need to make a decision to give your life to Jesus, I just want you to pray this simple prayer with me in the quietness of your heart. You don't even have to pray out loud. And some of you have been running from God and you need to pray this prayer again and say, God, I'm coming back. And just let these words be your own. Say, dear God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. Thank you for sending Jesus. Today I'm making a decision to follow you. And all around the room, if that's you and online, if that's you, just let these words be the words of your heart. Say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. 
If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Please email us at info at theocmovement.com. And if you were not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Please send us an email at info at theocmovement.com. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church.